Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My favourite Stoke striker is Mark Stein. It's episode number 269. And uh, at the end of a optimistic, uh, joyous and uh, unifying pre-season, uh, I am joined by three uh, other men who are really feeling that sense of optimism and uh, further going into what is set to be a glorious campaign for Stoke City. Uh, please uh, welcome back uh, George Weaver. George, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, thank you, Dave. I am suitably excited about the definitely brilliant season ahead. This is this is the uh, stuff we like to hear. Also uh, returning is Mr. Matt Swift. How are you? Hello. Uh, yeah, a bit similar to George. Thoroughly, uh, you know, invigorated by what can only be described as a unity preseason. Everyone's on the same page, aren't they? <laughs> yes, and uh, Mr. Unity himself. Tom Thrower, how are you doing? Uh, I am good because I, I know I know I, I said this on the last pod, um, but I wasn't here to say it with you all. But but we're finally free. We're finally free. And God, it's painful. <sighs> yes. Um a lot has changed since we last did a pod. We've uh we've played some matches, we've lost some matches, we've signed some players, we've uh slowly pushed some out the door um we'll we'll start with uh i think the uh, the rock the city signing the it's finally happened the the transfer that has already felt like it's happened because we've been linked with him so often dwight gale is a potter now and he is going to score 20 goals this season matt thoughts it's it's a like a latter day Rob Hulse moment, isn't it? Except it's actually come to come to pass. Um, listen, a couple of years ago, I think everyone would be pretty much on a on a level that this would be a perfect signing for a team looking for promotion. Um, in twenty twenty two, however, there's there's question marks about it. I think um, he's not kicked a ball for a long time, um, but he should, in theory, still have the pedigree. I think the bigger problem might lie in. How many chances he's actually going to get uh, as as part of this um, as part of this system? Um, he looked okay, I think, when he came on uh, at the weekend. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> there's great expectations, which I, I think are slightly unfair about him. And I will be very surprised if he does hit twenty goals. Uh, Tom, we've uh, added a few names uh, to the squad this uh, summer. Um, is Gale perhaps, um, is he a bit sort of fan placatey in that, unlike the other uh, five or six players, like the fans have heard of him and he's a striker, so it naturally lends it a bit more kind of excitement. But um, is he the best bit of business of this window for us or does is the hidden gem perhaps lying elsewhere? Um, I don't know. I am. I've decided after some initial trepidation about him coming. I'm firmly aboard the Dwight Gale train. Um, there's thirty-five thousand passengers who can get on the train, so we can have a nice time. I think he's. It, it's it's Katie because yeah, he is the. I I mean, I had I've had messages about him from people who don't follow the championship, but but are football fans. And having discussed with someone in the uh, in my office like a few weeks ago, the players we'd signed prior to signing him, I had suddenly realised like how 
unhousehold namey the entirety of our squad is now I'd like we pay attention to the championship so we know who some of the people we sign are um but yeah people who are casual Premier League fans haven't heard of Josh Lauren apparently um which is you know a thing but yeah Dwight Gale plenty of people being like oh that's a, a good signing if he can kick footballs in anger then I suspect he will do well it, it, the transfer window reflects what we are as a club we have our nice little collection of players who no one stands out as a this is a signing that's going to change the future of the club but as a collective I think despite what some people have said on Twitter, we've improved probably now with 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 the signings of Gale and definitely bringing um, Smallbone in. Um, we've probably improved on the squad as to where we were at the end of last season, which is ultimately like all we can ask for, I think. Uh, George, uh, where do you see Gale fitting in? Uh, it seems right from all the friendlies that we are going to be playing a sort of 3-5-2, especially in the absence of Powell. Um do you, who do you see him sort of lining up alongside? And is he the kind of striker we need? Do we need a sort of a more traditional championship target man? Do we need someone with a bit more pace in his legs? Or is he actually what we've uh, been looking for? I, I'll be honest. I did absolutely watch his YouTube compilation to try and find out what he's actually like, because I don't really remember watching him play football that much. Um I don't know in terms of how he fits in. I think it's such a long season that I am glad we have more than just Tyrese and Jacob Brown. I'll be honest. I don't think as great as they are and as much as I love them both, that's not enough for a full season in the championship. So I completely understand the Gale signing. I have a feeling he'll probably play a similar role in terms of game time to Fletcher. Hopefully. I know in the end we ended up playing Fletcher a lot more than we wanted. Um, but yeah, I, do, I was similar to Tom. I was a bit annoyed at first because it's an incredibly sideways laughing face signing. Um, but then eventually, I think I've come round to it. If he can finish, that's great. I'm more excited by Smallburn, to be honest. I think he's, a, he's another body to go up front in Dwight Gale, and that's great. And if he can finish, brilliant. I think the big problem now is the midfield and... We saw on Saturday or yesterday, Smallbone coming on for the end of the second half. Immediately, we looked miles better. Okay, uh, well, it's time to kind of address the uh, many elephants in the room, which is uh, the sort of uh, general real malaise, um, certainly in terms of, uh, quote unquote, the, the discourse. Uh, a lot of people very, very unhappy. Pre-season performances, pre-season results, uh, adding to that uh, sort of fire. And despite the sort of excitement about signing Gale and signing a few other players, it's not really sort of gone away. It's feeling to me like sort of the summer before Nathan Jones eventually uh, went, which was actually longer than I thought he'd last, which was about 13, 14 games. But by the fifth game, everyone was kind of calling for his head anyway. Um, but it's feeling like O'Neill is kind of set up to fail a little bit at this point in terms of the tweets I've been reading, like, you know, which were like, get him gone after the Accrington friendly or whatever it was. Um well, I'll answer, I'll do this question quickly, 
and then we can get into the the meat of it in a sec. So we'll start with George, then go to Matt, then go to Tom. Uh, one word answer: Where will Stoke finish in the league this season? Fourteenth. Matt. Thirteenth. Tom. Twelfth. Okay. Wow. What a diverse spread we have there. Uh, A second question. Will Michael O'Neill be Stoke manager at the end of the season? George. Yes. Matt. Yes. Tom. New contract. Yes. Well, that's exciting. Uh, 14th and a new contract. What a a time to be alive. Right. Okay. So um, we all... We all think he'll last. We all think he'll perhaps ride out the storm of the discontent. So uh, that's something. But do you share the concerns about the really sort of real dour nature of the performances? Is that something that is bothering you? Uh, And do you feel concerned for O'Neill as a result of that? Matt? So I I uh, watched the Cork game, the Fleetwood game, and and Hearts uh, Hearts yesterday, and I as a as a sort of rule, I don't care too much about the results of these preseason games as so much as patterns that you sort of notice within them. And the sort of biggest pattern that I've noticed that concerns me the most is probably that we don't seem to create too much in terms of transitioning the ball from defence to midfield to the strikers. Um, against Hearts, as soon as we were pressed defensively, we we were panicking and and just kicking the ball long and hopeless towards Tyrese and, and Jacob Brown. Um, and like uh, some of what George said, when when Smallbone came on, there was a bit more composure in there. So it was nice to see that. I am concerned about that because unless we sign the target man, quote, um, we won't have the strike force to deal with those sorts of that sort of that sort of play from the back. I am sort of less concerned about um, the strikers than other people are. I've seen some shouts about Tyrese and how we need to get rid again. I, I think he's looked about as sharp as he could have done in this preseason. He took a very good goal against Fleetwood and and a, another nice finish yesterday. From I've seen some people calling it a tap-in. It was not a tap-in. It was a whipped ball across the face of goal, which he side-footed beautifully into the corner. <laughs> Um, so I'm that's not... the that's the sorry to interrupt that. That's the exactly no, no. the kind of goal that O'Neill have been hoping for to and yeah. to see a lot of, but it's kind of like our most likely source. And by most likely, I mean there's not an awful lot of other patterns to through to goal that are, are right obvious at this moment. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think I think it was around. 55 minutes we start uh, time and stopped sort of running up the ring and start started doing these sort of balls for Tyrese to chase in the channel but it was sort of the case that yeah if time and doesn't progress the ball it doesn't go anywhere else so <laughs> yeah so whilst I'm not concerned about the results I am a little bit well yeah fairly concerned about the lack of creativity as I see it yeah um George, are you in agreement with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the things we needed in our midfield was um, a replacement for Joe Allen's incredible energy and manoeuvrability about the pitch. And I think we've done pretty well with that with Laurent. Um, having not watched a lot of the preseason games, but seen a little bit of it, I'm 
I feel like he he's a positive signing still. Uh, the other end of it is losing Sawyers and losing Powell to injury. That that's the that's the tough one for me. If we're doing this five three two, which we seem to be happy sticking with, and I'm pretty much fine with that, there needs to be at least someone who can link up the front and the back. We can't just expect Timon and Clark to be, you know, right by the touchline playing crosses in all the time because it you can't have one mode of attack for a game of football. They're just going to mark them both out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I same as Matt, I share the concerns. I don't care that we've lost games, to be honest. It's pre-season. Who really cares? Um, I also think people are going a bit over the top, but like Matt says, the worrying, is, the worrying bit is that our defence doesn't seem uh, composed at passing it out at yeah. all. Yeah, there's a giant Harry Suter shaped hole. Um, like just in terms of being able to pass the ball, uh, you know, to the right man first and foremost. I mean, uh, Jags looked every one of his forty years yesterday. It wasn't really in particularly in particular his fault or anything. Uh, I didn't think like individually the defenders were bad at all. I thought Wilmot and uh, Connor Taylor were basically fine. Um, but yeah, it's like when they were pressed, it was like, oh, you know, Lewis Baker, who's like te- probably our best player, like he's not seeing any of the ball. Now that might be on Baker for not showing in those positions, but or the ball wasn't going to Laurent either, wasn't going to Kilkenny either. And we just needed someone to be like, oh, I'm actually going to, you know, be in charge of this game now. So don't panic, pass the ball to me. I'm going to sort us out. Um, so I want to jump ahead of anyone who is listening to this. Not that they'll listen to our podcast, but I know exactly I know. which I player people are going to be thinking as soon as we say that. Mm. <laughs> Joe Allen would not have helped in that situation, just to put that there. Uh, well, um, I'll, I'll invite Tom to comment on that in a sec, but uh, just before the next feature, I want you guys to have a little think uh, for the next two or three minutes. Have a think. And I want another prediction from you. What reactionary Stoke take will we see in the first month of August? Now, you've kind of preempted there that we shouldn't have got rid of Joe Allen. I think that's like evens as favourite for reactionary Stoke take. So think outside the box. Think what reactionary Stoke takes could we see in August? Um, uh, for, uh, but before we, uh, I go on my adventures, uh, Tom, um, uh what is the discourse all about with you and the the, the chanting? Uh, the chanting, fucking hellfire. Um, yeah, I, I I don't get about singing about the IRA in Ireland, but apparently that's something that gets you cancelled nowadays. Um, I think pre-season has been crap results-wise. Uh, performances haven't been great, but a few things. Firstly, you talked about that Nathan Jones... Um, period and yeah after five games it was sort of clear that 85 to 90 percent of people wanted him gone and arguably his head on a pike but I'd just politely point out that we had a pretty good pre-season results wise and performance wise in that period so not to say that we shouldn't be concerned about the fact that we've only won one pre-season game and performances haven't been incredible um that pre-season doesn't matter ultimately it doesn't get you anywhere it might serve as a, as a lesson for players to pull themselves together a little bit I think what preseason has looked like to me in the games that I've watched is we look like a team whose most creative footballer got injured 45 minutes into their first behind closed doors preseason game 
and we're ultimately in a position where, yeah, um, as George said, Sawyers has left, um, Vrancic left, and from what O'Neill said, that seemed to be an unexpected thing that, that that he was going to want to leave and wanted more game time. So we sort of had our three creative players, our three number 10s ripped from the team. And then we're in this position that all championship clubs end up in at our stature, where ultimately we can't bring players in straight away. So Southampton have to get into a position where they feel comfortable to let Smallbone go to come to us. Dwight Gale will listen to all championship club offers before he actually makes his decisions sort of a week before the season. We have to work out the negotiations with Newcastle. Things take time um, to, to go through. And I think our squad, particularly in that lack of creativity, is a result maybe more so of the players we have at our disposal and have had at our disposal for selection in pre-season games than is a desired O'Neill's going out there saying do this. So the, the big tactical shift we saw for the Hearts game was instead of playing a flat midfield three with one uh, pivot behind two more eight, number eight kind of mid box to box midfielders and um, Baker was pushed up to basically play as a 10 out of possession. He nearly enough played in a front three with Brown and Campbell either side of him pressing. And I think that to me is maybe an indication of, of what O'Neill wants to do. So we haven't been able to do that because we've only had Brown and Campbell as proper first team strikers. Right, Phillips is having to be filling in there. So you can't send all three of those out together in a preseason game because the likelihood of them all being able to make 90 minutes is really low. The likelihood of someone getting injured goes up if you start doing that in every single game. So this isn't to downplay and say that we haven't that we have been creative and everyone needs to stop worrying. But I do think that the reactions have been ridiculously knee-jerk. And I'd go as far to say as I think a lot of people say hearts don't score those two quite strange goals that they end up scoring, but nothing else changes in the game and we end up winning it one nil. I don't think people would say inversely, oh, well, we might have won, but we didn't play very well. So I'm really concerned. I think as a fan base, we have got so reactionary to score lines, And that seems like such a stupid thing to say, because obviously score lines are what is important in football matches. But if you're losing the plot at a pre-season game that we lost narrowly and weren't really embarrassed in or... Um, just clearly showed signs of struggling and you're sort of saying sack the manager, pull yourself together, man. Like this isn't a happy clapping podcast. We were the first people to be right about Mark Hughes needing to leave. Um, <laughs> just Sorry. pull yourselves together and stop being such little crybabies. It's really, really boring. We've had, right. So this is the best one. We've had people saying, um, oh, Stoke fans aren't that keen on Dwight Gale. Oh, they would not even given him a chance before he signs. And then two days later, moaning about the fact he isn't a target man. I'm going to stop. We know, please, we make know me, who the, please make me stop. We know who the negative ones are. And if you, uh, if you follow us on Patreon, we will name names and it will be fantastic. <laughs> um, so, uh, so whilst you guys think of even more reactionary takes, um, it's going to be time for a brand new feature, which I'm going to call uh, Placeholder Title, Dave's Travel Diary. Uh, I was on a break in Brighton, actually, because uh, we had a, had a rare couple of days off and, uh, and I travelled up. Um, we always like going there. And so we're in a wonderful place. We really, really were. Be part of the journey now. We will get there. It's like a cemetery. 
Some of the things I saw, some of the women and children and what they were doing, it's been non-stop. It hasn't been a time. I, I saw Pep the other day on the beach in Barbados, and I think, yeah, I'll be nice. And here we are. Right. Hello, friends. Uh, in this section of the show, I'll be sharing my unique experiences of exploring the world following Stoke and maybe some other teams as well, and sharing my top travel tips with all of you. So a sort of uh, holiday diary slash sort of review of the various uh, football-y places around the world and giving you a sort of a local flavour of what those are like. So as you may be aware, I went to Edinburgh, Scotland yesterday. Um Quite an interesting experience. Uh, first thing after uh, I got off the train, it was a, a, a bloke asked me, uh, what's the difference between uh, Bing Crosby and Walt Disney? Bing Sings and Walt Disney, he said. Bing Sings and Walt Disney. Anyway, it was lunchtime and I, I fancied a snack. And, you know, being the gastronome I am, I go for the local Greggs. Uh, the Scottish, Scottish fellow in front of me gets the front and asks, is that a donut or a meringue? The baker responds, no, you're right, it is a donut. So, uh, anyway, uh, before the game, I did need to get some shopping in. So I says to a policeman, uh, excuse me, is there a B&Q in Leith? A policeman replies, uh, no, sir, but there's two Ds and two Es in Dundee. A jest, of course. Truth is, uh, Edinburgh, uh, which is uh, its real name, is a great city. You've got vibrant culture, great bars and restaurants. Uh, do check out the local distilleries and sample scotch, which is known in that part of the world as whiskey. Uh, other things to do include watch Stoke get battered in what, uh, what I can only describe as a purple deep dale. Uh, a purple deep dale, which friend of the show Rory was absolutely dis- uh, gutted to discover was a dry stadium. Uh, so watch out for that if you, indeed you do go to a Scottish football match because you will want to drink. So make sure you have them beforehand. Hearts fans were very friendly and I was even bought two free pints of tenants by a uh, local Hearts fan called John. Thank you for buying me those two free pints, John, but I did still feel overcharged. Um, Obviously, it was disappointing on the pitch, but uh, my personal highlight was seeing Dean Holden, Rory DeLapp and a whole mess of Stoke players at Edinburgh Station. Uh, I guess they were going to a different kind of training. This feature's going to last, isn't it? Uh, But yeah, I just thought I'd run down some local football, local history and local music uh, before I end this segment. Uh, Local football. Edinburgh has two teams, Hearts and Hibs. That's the sort of rivalry your grand buys you for Christmas by mistake. Uh, Local history. The earliest human sites recorded in Edinburgh uh, date back to 8,500 BC, which is nearly 10,489 years before the birth of Taylor Swift. It's a site of uh, its main site of historical interest is the castle, which is uh, stupidly positioned all the way uphill, which means you're all knackered when you get up there, which I don't know why they put it there, because anyone who wants to visit, they're absolutely... Yeah, they're just dead by the time they get there. So I don't know what they were thinking of back then. But uh, yeah, there you go. Local music. No. Overall, I would uh, recommend Edinburgh uh, to anyone who enjoys American tourism. Posters of 2007 comedians. What? Mickey Flanagan's in town. And the uh, Ed Sheeran song, uh, Castle on a Hill. Three Barcelonas out of five. That was my uh, trip to Edinburgh. Um, So, folks... Uh, I want to hear your reactionary takes for August. Does anyone want to jump in with any? Tom. I've got one. So um, if, if rumours are to be believed, former Stoke City uh, right wing back Tommy Smith 
is either on the verge of a move to Middlesbrough, who he's been training with uh, all summer, allegedly, um, or to Wayne Rooney's Frank Lampard's HMRC's Derby County. Now, I think that is much more likely. So when they inevitably become the only League One team to be on Sky Sports three times in August and Tommy Smith scores two goals in one of those matches, we are going to hear not just in August, but for the rest of the season, how ridiculous it was to let Tommy Smith go because he is perfect for our wing-back system, despite the fact that he's played with no competition in that position for so long and really didn't convince us to give him a new contract. Um, and we're going to hear how actually a League One right-back is better than any other right back we could possibly have signed. So that will be the reactionary take we have in August. Uh, nice. I think uh, what we're going to hear is that for that same right wing back position, we're going to hear Emre Tezgal should be starting in that position, despite the, despite the fact he's, I don't think, ever played there before, and certainly not at, at professional level, Emre Tezgal, because he's young and he can get up and down the pitch, so he's quick. Is he quick? I don't know. You've not seen him play, have you? But he's, but yeah, he's better than insert name of current right wing back there. Uh, George and Matt, anything? Um, I've got I've got two potentially. Go um, so I, I was inspired in this first one by a Facebook comment when when Clark signed, which was I hope that he's as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> and um, I think that by the end of August we will have. Jacob Brown is not as good as he thinks he is. And yes. we were wrong to renew his contract. Oh. So I think we'll get that because, because you know, he, he, he got off to a flyer last season and he was full of confidence. And I think, you know, he might just a lot of be finding noise. his way around, you know, you know. Uh, and then the second one is that we should have just let Tesco go to Leeds. Um, <laughs> he's not very good. He's too young. Um, get rid. Should have just let him go. That's that's my two that I think we'll have by the end of August. Marvellous. George? I don't think I can follow Tezgill to Leeds, to be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> I've got two formation and position changes. I think we'll see calls for Josh Laurent to play at centre-back. I think, Ooh, you know, he's going to bring the ball out from the back. Good. He's that's good at passing, very good. you know. He's Call. athletic. There you go, yeah. And also, Wright Phillips as a number six. Got the range of passing, you know. He's calm in possession. Exactly what Look you need. Look at Javi. He as a was pivot. small. There you go. Look at Joe Allen. He was small <laughs> and also useless as a number six. Oh, that that Josh Lawrence shout is is perfect because what happens at some point during the Stokes season? Either a midfielder will be asked to be a defender, or a defender will be asked to be a midfielder. So yes, um, oh. I, think... I cash another one, and it, on. it might not be an August one, but it, it might just sort of linger around. Suit for, for DM. Suit for DM. No, no, no. Just every single just player. Mine, Dave. <laughs> every single player we have on loan at some point when they have a bad game. Oh well, they're no good because they don't really want to be here, do they? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of that's kind of par for the course. Uh, 
but yes uh so yeah <laughs> we we are really looking forward to the to the new season uh, i think we shall have a, a proper um more sensible discussion midweek and we can do do some actual predictions if uh, anyone's around for that we can Ooh, uh, get one to 24s we could do one oh, to 24 embarrass ourselves again yes and do if i see that's a completely original podcast idea and i like it um yes do one to 24s top scorers um you know the top uh passing and completion stats all that all that fun stuff um so uh but uh, i think i think it's time to feed people to the hippos um let's do that uh do we have any nominations for the hippo tank they're, they're starved lads these hippos they haven't been fed in uh, at least two weeks um and they had the US Supreme Court, so that was nine people to to chow down on for for a little while. But yes, they're the vicious uh, creatures, those hippos. So anything in the way of uh, people, things, concepts that have annoyed you uh, this week, George, I'm going to go straight for it and annoy half of Stoke Twitter by saying anyone who sings the stupid chant that includes the IRA, especially if you sang it in Ireland. Oh, can I can I tell you what I overheard at Hearts, which I, I think I did mention in our group chat, but that's they did start a chat, you know, the F the Veil in the and the ah, fuck the Veil. I don't know why I censored that. I don't know why it's a family when, friendly podcast. When recounting a uh, you know, offensive chat, I was like, oh, I better censor the F word. Um, yeah, yeah, when they were like, like but it was the most muted thing. Like it it wasn't a very sort of sing-songy crowd anyway, but there was like maybe five or six of them who started that. And then, like, there was another tiny muted chorus of, we'll soak city, we'll sing what we want, as if, like, already sort of, re- like, as a rebuttal to the people on Twitter who got annoyed. So That's they, fair. which for me just sort of indicates that whilst, you know, fo- football fans are, like, they can be a bit sort of arrogant and, you know, full of themselves and acting the big man at away games and stuff. They're still like perennially online and, and triggered by the discourse quite a lot because it was just like, Oh no, <laughs> what if we get in trouble on Twitter quick? We'll just say this. Uh, oh God. Uh, oh, but yeah. Tom Thrower won't like this. <laughs> this will I, really I was show almost him. expecting a Tom Thrower chant. I was, I was braced for it. Football um, chants are, posting is that what you're saying oh <laughs> oh i like that that episode title chance are posting oh brilliant uh yes uh i mean that's a good nomination do we have any others i i, I have one more which is it's more actually a kind of um a mercy killing really um for, for pete smith just to spare him from being asked Fifty thousand questions about transfer targets on everything he posts. Pete, why he, haven't you he, revealed he, this confidential information yet, Pete? It will be it will be the nicest thing we could do for him. Um, you know, he, he he's been through the ring of the past week, so yeah, he's my nomination just just purely as a release from the throes of soap Twitter. Tell me <laughs> just before he goes you know. in, just <laughs> before he goes in, can you ask him if he knows about Simpson? Tell me, just. <laughs> To journalist who is clearly like working with embargoes and off the record information. Tell us, tell us now. Break your like oaths and like the core principles of your profession. Do it. I also, I also like the other bit, the other side of it that, that not asking them to 
to break, you know, confidential information and destroy relationships that are essential to carrying out the jobs that they do. But the idea that that if that knowledge was disclosable, instead of like making an article for the newspaper that generates revenue through through doing that, which leads to someone to get paid or just forgetting to do that. I go, oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, he's Stoke are going to sign for these four players. And if you at numbers Stoke player SCFC hadn't tweeted me, I've forgotten to tell anyone. I would <laughs> never have revealed it. Uh, um, I'd, I'd I'd like I'd like him to do a, t- a tactical leak, and um, like, but make one up. Get get that person to t- tweet about it, and then be like, yeah, but the, the deal's fallen through now because they weren't happy about it being leaked, <laughs> and then and then make them feel really bad. Uh, that's what I do, but I'm uh, psychotic. Um, so yes, we've got people singing about the IRA in Ireland or oh, lovely Pete Smith. Who shall we feed to the hippos? Uh, Pete Smith it is, right. Okay, the controversial start uh, to the Wizards of Dribble season as we mercy kill Pete Smith in a tank full of hippos. Is that our first mercy killing? I think I don't it think that's be. happened before, has I it? Think, I think it, some of the Supreme Court lot are so old that it basically is, but uh, yeah. Um, oh, poor Pete. Um, he doesn't even do the player ratings either. Like, oh, bless him. Uh, right. So I think that may be us talked out, unless we have any other drivelly business uh, from any of you. Uh, anything got your goat? Anything you're looking forward to about the new season? Let's end on a positive. Let's end on some uh, good times and vibes. And I, I just want to say, and in a, this is a bit of a chocolate oranges are available from Rawlinson's moment. <laughs> um, I just want to say that the club are refurbishing the Q railing stand and there's 8,000 extra seats going in case you weren't aware with a new sports bar, which doesn't actually look terrible. So well done to the club. I'm sure they won't overplay their hand with it and they'll be really subtle and we can all just enjoy it without being reminded about it 50,000 times. Yes, I was in the new sports bar and it, and it didn't actually look terrible. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anything else? I'm concerned that they are calling it a new sports bar because, like, does it? Does it, we've been doing a joke about that for like five years? If, we, they, if it's not going to be Delilah's anymore, I'm, I'm going to be lost. Oh yeah, my suggestion on Twitter was Marco Barnatovic, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Right, unless anyone else has got anything, I think it's time to say goodbye. So thank you, Tom. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, George. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Cheers. Uh, Back next week, up the potters. Uh, I've probably forgotten to do something that Chris usually does. Uh, But yeah, we made it through. We puddled on through. Uh, Ock-eye the new Stoke season. Go on, Stoke.